Hello there and welcome to another episode of The Imperfect Cheerleader. My name is Jasmine and today we're going to get into suggestions or things you should consider when you're auditioning for an NBA team versus an NFL team. So the first thing that we're going to talk about are the surfaces and the shoes you you should expect or consider to audition with or um, on on those surfaces so there are different surfaces obviously in the NFL where it's football and you are using they're using turf or grass as their surface to play and as dancers we are really bound to whatever the players play on so we have to adjust based off of that so like I said, there's either turf and a lot of feel like a lot of NFL teams are moving towards turf. It kind of depends on the ownership and how the players like to play, whether they like to play on turf, which is turf, if you don't know, is fake grass, basically. And so it's either that you don't have to deal with the mud or grass where, you know, there's mud and when it rains, it gets a little bit muddy. So that's in the NFL and different those different surfaces kind of require you to wear shoes that fit those surfaces so you can see a lot of teams that wear boots on those surfaces and some teams wear sneakers like I know the Eagles sometimes I think they wear sneakers and other teams might wear sneakers on those surfaces but most of all in the NFL you'll see teams wearing boots those dance teams that is for the NBA you are on the court and it can be a slippery court depending on what kind of shoes you wear so a lot of NBA dance teams they would wear sneakers sometimes they wear heels or boots so that that really depends so you have to really think about what's best for your body and your abilities are you going to be able to do what's required of you on a court or are you best suited for a field and do you would you care to wear boots or would you want to wear sneakers so you think about those things those are the major differences when it comes to surfaces and shoes in the NBA versus the NFL now the other thing that you should consider are the number of games in each and so there are a significant increase and there's significantly more Num uh games in the in a NBA than in the NFL. So for the NBA, you're looking at forty games, and of course, it varies how much of those games you actually dance in, based off of you know you being a rookie or a veteran, and I'm sure other factors play into that. But you're also looking at games during the week as well. So you're also looking at maybe two to three games a week sometimes. And so you have to factor in that because you have to fit those 40 games into um, a time period from like October to May, April, maybe even further if you make the playoffs and finals. So that's a lot of games. (laughs) And then in the NFL you're looking at about 10 home games. So it's way, way less, more than half is shaved off for NFL games. And 
keep in mind that you're only doing home games for both of these. So home games are, you're looking at those a 10 or so, 10 or 11. And sometimes you might do the playoffs. And so that's about what, maybe five more games. Uh, so you're thinking you're, you're, you're really shaving off a lot of those games when it comes, when you're coming from the NBA to the NFL. But it also varies by when you're going to be dancing. Most of the time, it's on the weekends. You have super uh, football Sunday. But sometimes you have those random Monday night games or Thursday night games. Or you have preseason games, which can be on a Friday night sometimes. So it just depends for that. Sometimes even Saturdays. So so that's what you're looking at. You have to look at what's best for your schedule, what best fits your family's needs and, and your needs. The next thing is the size of the teams. So NBA dance teams tend to have a shorter size. And if you just think about it, being in an NBA arena is more compact. The court is smaller. The teams are smaller. It's not as big as an NFL stadium. You have less players, and that means less dancers. So because of that compact environment, it makes sense that the teams are kind of smaller. Whereas if you go to the NFL, NFL teams can sometimes have up to 40 members. I'm talking about the NFL dance teams or cheer teams can have up to 40 members sometimes and if you think about football it's big it's theatrical you're dealing with a 100 yard field so that's a lot of space and when the dancers are on the field people high up kind of look at them and sometimes they see really small people so having a bigger team kind of fills up that space and fills up the field because you do have to reach people really high up and so you're taking up space you look full and you're really getting that theatrical element into NBA NFL teams so the size of the teams are bigger I would say next you're looking at the style of the dances so teams that are starting um team I will say teams are starting to listen to players more and that's a good thing because you kind of hear what the players want to hear in a locker room, what they want to hear during games. And it also depends on the era of the team. So I can speak for the Panthers. We're all about the 90s. The Panthers, they were founded in the 90s. They started in the 90s. The Top Cats were started in the 90s. So you will see a lot of those throwback elements and those throwback songs, which can translate to the 90s era of hip-hop or rock or what what have you and so for the NBA just observing it you can kind of tell how it's more of a hip-hop focused environment and it has to do with what you hear has to do with the the culture of of the players that are on the team and we see a lot of players in the NF, uh, the NBA showcasing their taste on social media platforms. And this includes hip-hop culture. If you think about it, in 2022, 71.8% of the players in the NBA are Black. And historically, it has been that way, where a majority of the players are Black in the NBA. 
for a very long time. So I don't want to associate black with hip hop, but it's that's the correlation that you see there. And that's what the the players are showcasing on their social platforms, how they are marketing themselves into the world, they're branding themselves, they're being affiliated with rappers or the hip hop culture in some way. So this naturally translates to the court and translates to the fans, etc. Of course, ownership is involved in that, those decisions sometimes, but really it's really about listening to the players. And so that translates to the court and that affects everybody, including the dancers. So because they are wanting this type of this music and they this is like who they are, you'll see a lot of those hip hop elements, I feel like, in the NBA. And because uh, NBA teams have smaller teams in general, they can sometimes showcase their players more often and their players' ethnic backgrounds. And you'll see a lot of foreign players playing in the NBA as well. And so this can also play a role in the dances you might see on the court. So you might see more of the ethnic uh, or cultural dances that you might not see in the NFL. And in general, I think... I have observed that the NBA owners are a little more lenient to being open to those types of things than it is in the NFL. So that's something that you should uh, think about as well. The NBA is a little bit more progressive than the NFL as a whole. And I'm not talking about just the owners or the fans in general, but I'm talking or I'm not talking about them specifically, the owners. I'm talking about as a whole, all put together, the NBA is a little bit more progressive than the NFL. And nothing is wrong with being progressive or conservative. That's just an observation that uh, a lot of people have, have noticed. So naturally, the point that I'm making is when there is a majority, naturally the culture will be infused with that majority. And you kind of see that in everything. Whether there's majority, you know, of a certain culture at your job, a lot of the culture is going to, a lot of the, um, the majority of that, that culture is going to be infused in everything that you do. So that's why diversity is really important, but that's a whole different type of podcast. But yeah, that's, that's what we've been seeing. And so the styles of dances kind of really mirror off of all of that that I just talked about. And so in the NFL, I feel like you'll see a little bit more different style of dance because, um, you know, there's, it's a little bit more conservative. So you might see, and it depends on team by team, but just as a whole, you, you won't see as many like outfit changes or, you know, showcasing certain players and things like that, that I talked about, like the NFL or the NBA does. So uh, just keep that in mind. A lot of times I feel like the NFL teams have a certain style that they keep and they repeat um, from game to game. So that's something that you can look forward to if you are auditioning for an NFL team. The next thing you want to think about and that I've noticed is dancing with palms versus dancing without palms. So you might have noticed that in the NFL, they are branded more as cheerleaders. And so naturally, that comes with having palms, pom-poms. And so you'll have those pom-poms in your hands for majority of the game. 
and sometimes you put them down but sometimes honestly it feels awkward to put pom-poms down when you've had them in your hand the whole time you just like I don't know what to do with my hands type of feeling and then in the NBA you'll likely not see a lot of pom-poms so you'll see a lot of props maybe you'll see the dancers holding towels and doing other types of things um, with with their hands and you might see props in certain dances that they carry but a lot of times you won't see those pom-poms in an NBA environment sometimes you do sometimes you don't but across the board not not as much as NFL the next thing you want to consider when you're choosing between NBA or NFL is the weather so mostly all the NBA stadium or arenas are inside so you don't have to deal with the the elements however for NFL games, a good majority of those stadiums are outside and they don't have a dome and you are dealing with snow, you're dealing with rain, you're dealing with extreme heat, you are dealing with extreme cold. So that's all to be taken into consideration and that kind of limits what you can do on the field. So keep that in mind as well because you may not want to dance in the extreme heat but if you do you'll have to deal with it and that takes like a whole different type of training you have to be able to train in the heat and know that when you're dancing this is how it's going to be so that's a different element you have to take into consideration um, for the NFL and the last thing I want to touch on is traveling in the NBA or NFL as a dancer. So both leagues have been pushing to make their their leagues and their teams recognizable internationally for the longest time. And so just speaking on the NFL recently, they've been traveling to Europe to places like London and Germany and South America, Australia and Canada, China uh, and Spain. And so they've been really trying to expand their fan base into those markets and those particular markets with particular teams. And that's something that you would consider if you are auditioning for a team, that could be a possibility for you to be able to travel. Do you want to go to any of those places? That And if you don't want to go to any of those places, then maybe, and you don't want to be affiliated with any of those places, then that's something that you should consider. The NFL, I believe, still has a partnership with the USO as well, or certain teams do with the USO. So the USO tours, sometimes that requires overseas travel as far as the NBA they've been in markets like China for the longest time especially with players like Yao Ming and just going back to how the NBA brands its players they do a really good job of doing that and when Yao Ming was playing he was a Chinese player for those of you who don't for those of you who don't know he was from China so he really got the Chinese market to hop on board with NBA and basketball and that helped to expand their fan base into China and so a lot of it 
had to do with the players and you see that a lot with players that play in the on the teams um and especially owners as well so there was an an Indian businessman or Russian billionaire um they purchased the Sacramento Kings the Brooklyn Nets and they they are expanding their the fan base of those teams into those countries that they're from and so that naturally kind of leads to hey maybe you know we'll have a game over here or we'll travel and try to engage with the fans at these uh, on these um are in these markets and so a lot of times the NBA will use those players as leverage to to travel overseas and so um so yeah that's that's something you can consider as well both of the both of the leagues have been doing that for for a while and I I believe the NBA might might have been doing it longer but um they are trying to expand and you know they will have expansion teams in Europe and expansion teams in other parts of the world and so um this global cultural expansion is super important for expanding um just across the globe so yeah that those are the the factors that I think really make make up the difference between the NFL and NBA dance teams and what you could consider going into whether you're deciding between two teams in your hometown or whether or not you want to do a team or the other you're trying to decide hopefully this helps you to decide that and I want you to go on my latest Instagram and tell me what are the other differences that you see in the NFL versus the NBA. So I've posted something on my Instagram about this. And I want you, if you think of any other differences, like major differences, I'm sure there are so many other ones that I haven't talked about on this episode. But tell me if there are other ones that you can think of. And put them on the in the comments in my latest Instagram. All right. That's all I have for you today. And I am so excited to continue with the podcast and bring on new and really exciting guests. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And I will talk to you on the next episode of The Imperfect Cheerleader. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Imperfect Cheerleader podcast. Taking the time to listen while you're busy with all of life's responsibilities means the world to me. If you enjoyed this episode, here are a few ways you can support ICP. Number one, hit the subscribe button so you always get newly released episodes and never miss them. Number two, take a screenshot of the episode you listened to and tag at the professional cheerleader on Instagram. We love to repost your tags and shout you out in our stories. Number three, write a review. This is the best way to show your support for the podcast and helps us bring on even better guests, interviews, and topics. 
I hope you have a wonderful day, morning or night, wherever you may be, and are continuing to work towards your goals of becoming a professional cheerleader, dancer, or just someone who loves to move. I'll see you later on another episode of the Imperfect Cheerleader Podcast. Remember, stay frosty, friends. Toodles for now. Thank you.